Hey everybody, in this episode of the AfterBuzz X-Files TV After Show, we're breaking down Season 11, Episode 7. Watch this. Uh, RM9SBG93ZXJZ. It just rolls off the tongue. Remember, folks, it's hip to tip. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes. Look at that. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Roboto. Welcome, everybody, to the Exiles After Show. Of course, we're breaking down every episode of Season 11, airing Wednesday nights on Fox. I'm one of your hosts, Frank Moran. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at HappyGoJackie. And I'm Lucretia Lyon, guys. You can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the internet since there is only one. <laughs> That's right. And usually uh, Lex and Jim are with us to run out the panel. They are on assignment tonight. We are joined by a lovely, gla- a lovely guest, Elise Wax from Sci-Fi Wire. Hi, guys. Welcome. Where can they find you? Um, I'm at Elise Wax at um, Twitter, and that's pretty much all I use, Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> A-L-Y-S-E-W-A-X. There shouldn't be any more than you're, one. You're not, you're exactly. not getting on the gram, yeah. Elise? No, I tried. I'm, I'm too, yeah. I'm, it took me this long to get onto Twitter, so. To get into <laughs> Twitter, I should say. I've been on it. It just not into it anyways understood all right so folks of course you know you can like us on facebook give us those five stars on itunes subscribe to the youtube channel and uh of course while you're there once you give us a thumbs up there and lucretia's got her computer up and running which means the chat is up and running so feel free to hop in and share your thoughts about x files in general or this episode in particular uh but before we really dig into everything uh elise mm-hmm. uh working for sci-fi wire i uh, just wanted to kind of uh, touch base with you in terms of uh, your appreciation for x files lifelong fan <laughs> Yes, um, absolutely. I've been watching since the very first episode, which aired when I was 13 years old. And I had no idea what it was, but I was like, oh, you know, this. I like aliens and scary stuff. Let's see what this is. And by, by the cold open was over and I was hooked. Um, and I was super, super obsessed, like a crazy hardcore X-File in the first few seasons. And then I kind of grew up and started to you know, discover social life and things of that nature. <laughs> so so my, my obsession abated, but um, this season, it has come back in a terrifying way. <laughs> <laughs> I am, like, literally watching all the episodes over again. I'm watching the new ones on repeat. I'm on Twitter 24-7. Um, it's... It's kind of terrifying. <laughs> now, us on the panel, we've talked a lot about our thoughts about the, the revival from mm-hmm. season ten, season ten, and this episode, uh, season eleven, in terms of mythology versus kind of the monster of the week standalone episodes. How do you feel about the mythology coming back uh, and how it's been portrayed so far in seasons ten and eleven? I have never liked the mythology episodes. Um, I always found them convoluted and um, just boring. You know, um, so I was always a monster of the week girl, um, and I found season 10 was really disappointing. I, I remember I was covering it back then for um, ComingSoon.net, and all of my, my recaps and reviews and stuff were always like, it's better than anything else on TV, but <laughs> it's not great. Um, but this season, other than than the first episode, My Struggle 3, I have been really, really pleased. I found that it's really found its footing. It's um, Granted, it's also because it's largely um, Monster of the Week episodes, but I feel like they're just, they're rolling on it. 
So now everybody that's a fan of X-Files and has watched us uh, doing the X-Files after show, specifically the end of season 10, oh, uh, knows uh, Lucretia's feelings <laughs> on that season 10, uh, season 10 uh, finale. I'm very mad. <laughs> Chris Carter is uh, guarding his nether regions uh, yeah. in the event he runs across Lucretia. Um, yeah. But when, when you see season 10 and mm-hmm. the way that it does... Are are you feeling like this franchise is just floundering at this point, or are you like if it comes back for another season, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a, a, a wash and let's see what happens. Well, my when it when season ten ended, there was no hint that there was going to be a season eleven. No, you know, it was completely there was nothing. Um, and I actually interviewed Chris Carter afterwards, and it was very, very difficult not to start screaming. At him. <laughs> See, I'm not the only one. That's no, okay. you are not. <laughs> I believe my exact my exact words after I finished that episode was, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah. Um, so. I'm sorry, I forgot the question. So what's that? Well, I, that's even more interesting is asking your feelings about that episode. But you talked to Chris Carter, mm-hmm. not a fan of this episode. You talking to him? Does he at least allude that? Oh, I'm writing the way I wrote this is because I have a feeling a season eleven's coming, so I well, want to set things up. Or he, no? he did in the very Chris Carter way. Um, at the time, he said, "You know, but but then if I wrapped this all up, then where would we go if we do have another season?" And of course, this was not helpful to me and my obsessive nature and and stuff. So eventually, I let it go because you know I'm a professional and I have a job to do. Um, but yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> do you, because I feel like Chris Carter's biggest contribution to X-Files has been the mythology aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that he's afraid to wrap it up because he doesn't know what else he'd bring to the show if he couldn't do mythology stuff? I don't, I don't think that's it. I think it's just, that's the way he is. I think he's, you know, very mysterious. He's kind of um, a different version of David Lynch. <laughs> yeah. In that, you know, he doesn't want to tell anything. He doesn't want to give you anything, you know, with the relationship and everything. It's 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 all in the ether, and you have to grab at it little bits and pieces. And mm. he's not going to share. And I I have to believe that he knows where he wants to go with it, and he knows what he's doing with it, but... That's just because I have to believe that. I want to believe that. Sorry, I had to do an X Files pun there, and then somewhere Lex is crying because you compare David Lynch, who he loves more than more than his cat Mulder. (laughs) Oh, I love David Lynch. Let me tell you. I love David Lynch. I've loved everything he's ever done. And it's, you know, I don't want to say anything negative about Chris Carter because I've interviewed him several times and he's a really nice guy and he loves dogs and I love dogs. (laughs) Um, You can't hate somebody who loves dogs. Very true. But I just, I don't know. I'm very terrified for what the finale this year is going to be. Were both of you, since you've watched the, the Twin Peaks revival on Showtime, were you satisfied with how it concluded? Oh, yeah, majorly. I feel like David Lynch actually knew what story he wanted to tell and was glad he got a chance to tell it and then told that story. And I do feel that if, if thrown enough money, he would go on, but I feel like he would go with some of the, the ancillary characters because Coop's story and Laura's story are wrapped up, and, and it was done so beautifully. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. 
So do you hmm. think that, what are the chances are that we could ever get that sense of satisfaction with an X-Files finale? Maybe if he let the Morgans handle it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I agree, but we already yeah. know he hasn't. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, before we continue, uh, you know, we learned a little bit there. Uh, Elisa's a uh, little inside scoop there with Chris Carter at the uh, season finale. But also, you know, you want to have fun, learn, and grow in all areas of your life, not just X-Files. Uh, for those who do, we've got a great podcast for you. Conversations with Maria Menounos podcast edition is hosted by our AfterBuzz TV founder, Maria Menounos, and drops every Friday on iTunes. Conversations with Maria Menounos features celebrity and influencer interviews, along with secrets and tips on how to be better in all aspects of life, from health and wellness to career and relationships, finances, and much, much more. Let our Maria be the big sister you never had. Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Conversations with Maria and Menounos for free. Free, guys. We're giving you this absolutely for free. Be sure to rate and comment when you do and let Maria know how, how it was and what got you there. Uh, know that it was us that got you there. Or just, you know, Lucretia. Let Lucre- was Lucretia. Give her that name check. Uh, Conversations with Maria Menounos. Podcast edition. Check it out. So, let's get into this episode. Uh, you know, I'm not going to recite the title, and as Elise so, uh, so kindly reminded me, it is a Follower in Basic 64. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that, the, does anybody know what the translation is for at the end of the credits? The truth is out there. <laughs> that should be, yeah. yeah, that should make sense. I'm, yeah. I'm a nerd. I saw that, and I immediately snapped a photo of it, and then went back later and punched it in, and I was like, this has to be another Base 64, and that's what it was. <laughs> oh. Sure enough, it is. All right, yeah. look at that. So, uh, this uh, directed by Glenn Morgan, so an old hand. X Files, but written by two people that are new to the season, mm-hmm. uh, which is cool. It's uh, we got uh, Kristen Cloak. I hope I'm saying her name correctly, and Shannon Hamblin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kristen Cloak's uh, the wife of Glenn Morgan, and Kristen was uh, Shannon was a writing assistant. So mm-hmm. uh, they definitely have ties to the X Files, but this is the first time getting a crack at the script for an episode. And I'll just come up first. I, I really enjoyed this episode. You know, that's shocking because this was Tanya's message to me last night. Right. Um, our lovely fan, uh, Tanya Lindsay, said, uh, Tonight's episode of The X-Files, my reaction is, what the hell was that? Just wait. Haha, <laughs> Frank will have a lot of beef with this episode. So we are all surprised at that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What, what, uh, did you enjoy it, Lucretia? There, I really liked the story they were trying to tell. I thought the direction was beautiful. Uh, but I just felt like when we only have eight episodes... And we want ten. to know so much. Yeah, I mean, we have <laughs> ten this season. Like, thank God. I was like, yeah, we only have it, but eight of these, you know, standalones. I was like, I felt like it didn't really move the story, so I was a little disappointed in that. But it was just Mulder and Scully-centric and a lot of good shipper stuff. I mean, the personal mm-hmm. massager bit was hilarious. So <laughs> so it wasn't my favorite, but I didn't hate it. Yeah. All right. Elise, how about yourself? Yeah. I really liked it. I think it's tied with the Lost Art of Forehead Sweat for my favorite this season or of the entire um, the revival. Um, I just I thought it was... There was nothing new as far as story-wise, you know, like, it was really obvious from from the moment he didn't tip, from, that Mulder didn't <laughs> tip at the restaurant, that that's why the the robots were, were uprising. Um, but it was still, and there were a lot of little things that, like, felt very out of context, out of character for them. But for the most part, I just, I thought it was really well done. Um, and, you know, only David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson could pull off something like that with no words. 
I agree with the, uh, it was interesting because you're watching and I think it's almost like 10 or 11 ep- uh, minutes in before you hear the first word that's uttered, mm-hmm. which is uh, Scully selling, Scully selling Mulder. Mm-hmm. But it was just so well acted that you just, I was like, once it kept on going, like, oh, all right. Is this going to be a silent episode? I was curious to see how far they would take that. Well, because, you know, Buffy did that so well mm-hmm. with Hush in season four. And, and so I was, like, wondering if that was where it was going. Because, as you say, it was, like, ten minutes into it before they even uttered anything. And I was like, but it was sort of interesting. And I liked how eerie it was that they were in this restaurant alone. No one's around. I'm like, this is, uh, you know, we're having to take a leap, leap of faith. But we, as we do with the X-Files. So, <laughs> well. We're talking about some some uh, some choice DC real estate, potentially. Uh, or So I'm like, nobody? Nobody else? Is that this restaurant? Okay. Yeah, maybe they had gone previously and gotten attacked by the drones. Yeah, that's and, uh, true. They were all scared away. I, yeah, that's true. I guess it only takes one time to, like, uh, being hunted down like that. Like, let's never ever go back to this place. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't know. For some reason, like, as you brought it up to the uh, Lost Art of Forehead Sweat, I think I actually enjoyed this more. I felt like this felt like a, a Darren Morgan episode just in the sense that it's usually so novel and unique compared mm-hmm. to the rest of the season. It always kind of a more of an outlier. And I enjoyed this more. I, I, I had my expectations were so high for Lost Art of Forward Sweat mm-hmm. that while it was fine, it didn't grab me like like the Curse of the Were Monster did. That was a great one. Yeah, uh, see, those are my favorites for yeah. the season. Yeah. So yeah. this one, just for the fact, that, the fact that it was just so unique and so different from the, the typical delivery of this show, I was like, this is a nice change of pace. And I know we're, we've got precious real estate in terms of episode count, but I think this goes to show you that you can just, uh, with new blood into the mix in terms of new writers, that there is stuff that you can do with the series that can still just be as uh, relevant today as it was back when it originally ran. Well, and I thought it was good how they sort of showed the differences between Mulder and Scully, because Mulder mm-hmm. is far more of a Luddite, you know, he tends to live out, and I love how he even points out, why is your house so much nicer than mine? <laughs> like, yes, but why has he not seen her house? I mean, she's yes. had to have lived there since, you know, several years, and how has he not seen it before? I don't know. I guess they're always hanging out over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always going to your place. Why aren't you ever coming to my place? Because <laughs> the machines scare him. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> and with good reason, apparently. Yeah. yeah. You don't tip them. <laughs> One of the things that I really liked, because my biggest problem was that after everything Mulder and Scully have been through, they are not so easy to give in and accept um, technology in their life. But you also have to remember that they haven't, you know, we haven't really seen them in 15 years, something like that. And there's been a lot of technology in between. And I feel like it's very much um, them coming to terms and accepting that, you know, smartphones are everywhere. All of this stuff, there's no other options left. Um, And I, I think that they really portrayed that well with the way both of them would, you know, hold the phone up to them really close and yell into mm-hmm. it and talk real slow and and stuff and you know because that's something that like you know my parents would do or mm-hmm. something like that you know so I think it, it kind of helped show um, that they're going into this kicking and screaming what I liked about this is it's not very often we see on the series that uh, Mulder and Skelly are sort of like the subject of an X-File happening to them usually they're coming into a case that's and kind of investigating it but this I thought it was really cool just to see how they would handle being within an X-Files of their own. And uh, yeah. I, I, don't know, I guess they did okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I agree with you. Like As we kept on seeing the tip thing come up, I'm like, 
just just hit the just hit the tip thing, please. Yeah. Just do it. I yeah. think Mulder was very stubborn. He was like, "No, I'm not tipping. I'm especially now that they're attacking me." Which <laughs> I do like yeah. because that feels very Mulder. You know, he's he's so stubborn and stuff. So that felt natural. But at the same time, it's like, come on, dude. You know, you just want to get back and. Well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, the fact that he even waited for like the countdown to get almost practically to one yeah. before he did it, he was just like, no. Nah, he was uh, fighting mm. with himself. He yeah. was like, no, I, I can't. It's it's a machine, but I don't want to die. And, <laughs> and I want to find out what's up with Scully's personal device. Well, I will give it up for Mulder this episode because we, uh, we learned some things about both of them. Uh, they kind of flesh out more of the character. One, uh, that he was going to watch some Six Million Dollar Man, which <laughs> yeah. I'm a huge fan of that series. So it was like, I, I was ashamed that we didn't get to see the uh, the full thing. But uh, uh, did you expect, I mean, we know he's a Bigfoot fan, but did you expect, and a Twilight Zone fan, did you expect a Six Million Dollar Man fan as well? With Mulder, yeah, because he, I'm, I'm surprised we haven't seen him watch The Incredible Hulk or some of these others. He's from that time period, so yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's such a, you know, he is definitely the kind of person who spent mo- all of his teenage years, you know, like sitting at home watching TV or something like that. And of course, I I feel like he would watch everything science fictiony and robot-y and all of that stuff. So now I want to discuss uh, etiquette. So <laughs> in terms of so the tipping aside, we know how that is. Would you tip at an automated place that was fully automated? You never saw another human being working in that establishment, and you finished your meal, would you tip? I wouldn't, but then Alexa would just kill me at home. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I was going to say I wouldn't before yeah. this episode. Yeah. But... Is this making you think? Would you, If you find yourself in a situation where it's totally automated, would you tip? I really don't think that I would, although I will tell you that if the machines start attacking and, and I get that request, I would sure as hell hit that 10% button. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. Right away, I wouldn't wait. I wouldn't wait for like the third or fourth time to yeah. remind her. Nope, nope. I'll keep going. Yeah. Uh, but also in terms of, uh, so you, it seems like the wave of the future is these uh, driverless vehicles. So in terms of whether it be your own personal one or maybe a, a Lyft or a taxi sorts. So Scully gets one, and there's a, uh, a computer program driving it there. She's very kind of rude to this driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel? Which I feel like is what what puts her on everybody else uh, on their crap list. It's just the way that she kind of sending to this uh, program in the car. Would you be uh, kind of like Scully, be kind of rude to a program? Or would you like, no, no, I'll just be polite. No, I mean, I'm rude to Alexa all the time in my house. Like, I mean, because it's annoying because every time I'm watching General Hospital, she thinks it's talking to her. Like, and it's like, okay, you're really interrupting my day here. Like, um, you no, know, I don't need anything. I'm watching TV. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, we had to unplug the Google Home in our mm-hmm. house because it kept going off randomly and it was driving me bonkers. Um, I don't know that... I don't I don't find that she was being rude. I think that she politely told the car that she didn't want music, she didn't want television, and then the thing started speeding. It turned into a a death car. It was Christine. And, you know, then of course she's gonna be scared and she's gonna be pissed. Oh. I thought she was a little harsh at the beginning where we got the mm-hmm. with the the smiley face kinda got all frowny at that moment. Wow. Well, mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's be quiet. You don't Be quiet. Have any devices you yell at, Frank. I know. Uh, I praise them all. I, I welcome my computer overlords. Yeah, you should hear what I say to my PlayStation. <laughs> Those words can't be used on here. I've never actually used an Alexa, so if it does hear its own name mentioned even on a TV, does it 
how can I help you? Is that kind of just like the prompt that comes up? Yeah, like, so, yeah, it because, or Alexis, because it's so close, it will, like, <laughs> obviously, like, chime in, and it's like, no, 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 or, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, of course, when Scully gets back to her home, the uh, the alarm's going off. She's trying to contact the uh, the company using the the password, which I liked, uh, Queequeg, uh, named after a dog, as mm-hmm. well as tied to Moby Dick, so I thought that was a nice little callback. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and also, her, her number punch-in was her birthday, which Scully would never be stupid enough to put her birthday as her punch-in, but it was a cute little wink to, to the fans. True, yeah. yeah. The easiest, although, I, I've never used my birth date on anything. No. I feel like I, I can come up with a cooler number that means something more to me than my own birth date. Who cares yeah. about that? My mom yeah. does. My mom has in the past. So Yeah, my it's... mom uses, like, me and my brother's birthdays. Like, just the days <laughs> as, like, a four code. But, yeah. Oh, okay. You know, like, yeah. I always just use hockey numbers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I, I think there are things that are more ready to mind that... That I was like, oh yeah, I know I'll remember this number. Who cares about my birthday? I've yeah. never used it. Yeah. And I, I, you want to have like some kind of like, oh, that's cool. I'm typing in some numbers that uh, mean something to me as opposed to like, eh, it's just my birthday. Who cares about this? Uh, all right. So let's get to the moment where we go into, the, she gets their version of a Roomba. They starts going around mapping her place. Uh, but then goes under the bed and finds her, her massager. I laugh so hard because my brother works for Brookstone and I love how like it even says these personal massagers now come in other uh, you know colors and it's like yeah that's what they have to be called in the stores unless you go into the stores with the back room and that's what's so <laughs> funny to me is I was like personal massager because he'll answer the phone sometimes like where the massage is always personal <laughs> because there's little things I can get away with <laughs> yeah. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I thought it was funny. And I loved Scully's response to it. Just kind of like, oh, you know, and I love that she put it in her pocket. Mm-hmm. And because obviously we know where it where it led to. Um, but it's funny you mentioned that your brother works at Brookstone because when I was speaking to the writers, Kristen and Shannon, um, the reason that they put a, a vibrator in because i'm an adult um (laughs) that's what they are yeah yeah um was because there was a story a few years ago that apparently massagers from brookstone (laughs) were were tracking their users and and because they were like bluetooth enabled or something and they were collecting um data and stuff so we talked about that um in my postmortem for sci-fi wire plug (laughs) wow yeah and and that's really funny that you mentioned it because uh this week on adam carolla's show on uh his podcast download on itunes guys it's really funny but (laughs) yeah like he talked about in the news that there was a a vibrator that will order domino's pizza for you now like you know after you're done Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. I'm like, they are really getting out there. So, yeah, these uh, Bluetooth Brookstone ones were tracking people down. Well, now there's one made up in uh, NorCal there that uh, will order you a pizza after. <laughs> it's I... only working with Domino's, but they are working on Chinese delivery service as well. Oh, excellent. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would like if the order came in if you were a pizza preparer at a Domino's mm-hmm. where it's like, you know, from Mary's Vibrator. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, Mary's Vibrator wants a uh, double pepperoni. Cool. Well, and I'd imagine, like, if you have this technology, couldn't you name it like you do your phone or things like that? So yes. wouldn't it be funny stuff? Like, you know. Hmm, but like, it would be funnier yeah. if it was, like, just Mary's, Mary's Vibrator. vibrator. Yeah. That's true. That's true. Uh, actually, my, my cell phone uh, name is Lee Majors. So it explains my love for a $6 million man. Yeah. Uh, and he will be coming back to Ash vs. Evil Dead this season. Frank oh, Cash, right? very nice. Yeah. Uh, but as, like, uh, a ghost? Yes. Um, yeah. Spoiler oh. alert for everybody who hadn't seen season two, but watch it. 
So at least you said you talked to uh, Shannon and Kristen, the mm-hmm. writers of this episode. Uh, in uh, so, and please go to Sci-Fi Wire to check out uh, Lisa's article. But uh, in terms of the conversation, what was it like for the two of them to get a shot at uh, being around X Files for so long, but not actually get to write an episode? Um, well, we didn't really discuss that, um, you know, because Shannon, um, I'm sorry, Kristen had actually been on a fourth season episode. She was in um, The Field Where I Died. And um, apparently I wasn't really into the whole fandom as much at this point in, in the show. Um, but apparently the shippers attacked her online um, because she it was like a whole romance thing with like well, her character and Mulder or like had um, had like past lives together and stuff. And so the shippers, of course, were freaking out because, you know. Don't take it away from her, Scully. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, she's been around the around the X-Files since almost the beginning. Um, and Shannon has been the writer's assistant this season. So, like, I did ask them, you know, if they felt like they were some kind of, like, um, not token but you know because there's been a lot of controversy especially lately about how there's not a lot of women writing and directing on X-Files and they're like no it's just they found that it wasn't so much about being exclusive it was more about including the original group you know say what you will about the original group you know um, not having any diversity but it was just about the band getting back together is what they said I mean, yeah. I can understand that. I mean, I understand you want to be more inclusive, but mm-hmm. if the if you only have, especially for season ten, the eight episodes that you don't maybe ten have, was six. Oh, ten was six. So yeah, it was it's even, even less. Shorter. So six. Yeah. That I mean, you, as much as you'd like to open the doors to a lot of fans that have grown up loving the show, mm-hmm. it's like you want to give these people like a chance to come back to the show that they already have been established on. Yeah. Uh, so for this, uh, was there, what was their takeaway from writing an episode of X Files? Did they want to like? Do they feel like this is our one chance? So we want to go out of the box. We want to do something that that's never been done with the, the series before. Um, no, they. Well, Kristen was telling me that I guess Base Above and Beyond, which was uh, Glenn Morgan's other show, his first yeah. show after X Files, um, they did, which she starred on. Um, they did another, they did an almost silent episode, and that was where the desire to do another one came from, because Glenn wanted a chance to direct that one, and um, so even before the Buffy Hush episode. um, So that was really what it came down to. Oh, very nice. cool. Uh, And very successful in terms of uh, the execution of it. I thought he did a great job. I feel like silent episodes are always a challenge because there's a lot to communicate when you take away the words. Yeah. Yeah, and that to me was the highlight of this episode was his direction of it because you're like, this could have gone really badly in some ways because, yeah, so much of TV is reliant on dialogue, but that was what was interesting, the way he shot everything. And I always wonder, like, even if I'm thinking Space and Above and Beyond, that... Did it have one, two seasons or just the one? I think it had two seasons. Uh, so if like something like that, or Buffy, that you end up having five seasons before they do the body, uh, th- that you end up having a length of time. In terms of even here with the X-Files, here it is season 11, that you can rely on taking away the dialogue because you know the characters so well mm-hmm. that uh, that kind of does already that you're already imbuing them with so much already as, as viewers. Uh, I feel like the struggle would be for Space Above and Beyond for maybe a one or two season show to do more of a silent episode where you don't have 
as much backstory with all the characters to kind of rely on without when you take away the dialogue. Mm-hmm. I didn't really watch Space. Um, I think I watched like the first episode because I'm like, it's the guys from X Files, and um, that was <laughs> then that yeah. was it. After well, that, that was that was yeah. that. All right. Well, also back then that was before they had DVRs and setting up a VCR was nearly impossible. So if you weren't home, that was it. You didn't see it. Um, so I didn't really. It didn't grab me. But, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I never saw that episode, so I don't know how successful it was. Uh, Kristen wasn't saying there's been a big clamoring for Space Above and Beyond uh, revival? No, we didn't talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, in terms of this, uh, the season so far, our, our, basically we've had the one, sta- uh, one mythology episode at the beginning of the season, had a little touches of William, and uh, those issues kind of addressed somewhat throughout the, the season so far. But we're winding up. I think we have, what, uh, three more episodes? So uh, let's just jump right into what we think about how this season's going in terms of where we're going to land when it comes down to episode 10. Alicia, you seem very, mm-hmm. like, hmm, I don't know if I'm going to be happy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm really looking forward to next week's episode. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, it looks very, very much horror, and I am such a hardcore horror nerd. It's ridiculous. Um, it also looks like it might touch a little too closely on it so we'll see how that goes it could be very brilliantly done it could just be you know i don't know i live in los angeles i don't know if rain slickers come in other colors than yellow but <laughs> yeah it's yeah i mean i feel like that's the pride predominant color yeah you see it mostly i mean i know there are other colors i mean okay. but yeah i'm like that is the the standard that okay. you see like okay. especially because like people who work out in the rain too, those are usually yellow, so they they they're being able to be seen. So yeah, you'll see bright colors for that reason. Yeah, the things yeah. that we don't know yeah. when when we live without weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am concerned about the last episode about my struggle for because the first three have not been great. And it yeah. could just be that, you know, maybe we just need to get to that last one to wrap it all up. My my plan is after I watch and review the final episode is to go back and watch all of the my struggles in order. You're back a better back. You're a stronger person than me. I couldn't I couldn't do it. Yeah, I, that's the plan I think for a lot of us is like I feel like maybe we'll like it better if we watch it that way. Yeah. 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 And also, you know, when when we came with the third one, the opening for this season, I felt like there was a lot to go back. We don't have to do, like, spoiler alert or anything, right? No. Okay. Um, I feel like there was a lot that you could go back and kind of backtrack to see, okay, where exactly was all of this in Scully's fever brain, you know? Like, it wasn't just, like, this last, the last few scenes, was it, you know, how far back did it go? Yeah, and that's the confusing part with it, because you're like, okay, I even went back and watched some of these, and I'm still like, okay, where was this moment, and where well, is Tad O'Malley? I like that guy. I know. Um, well, and yeah. CSM, at the end of um, of My Struggle 2, he was smoking out of his neck. Yeah. And in the My Struggle 3, he was smoking out of his mouth. So it could just be because he's got some kind of crazy alien DNA that helps him heal, or maybe that was all part of this whole fever dream thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's the, that fever dream kills me. Yeah. Kills me. Uh, I mean, I, I guess, I mean, they went so crazy on that season 10 that if you come back for 11, 
you have to do something like that. But I'm like, oh, great. I I really feel like Chris Carter had it all planned out, and this was his evil plan, as it were. Um, I don't think it was like, oh shit, we ended up, you know, with the world being destroyed. We gotta we gotta dig ourselves out of that hole. It's just a matter of getting all the way through that hole. Oh boy! Well, we know. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, we do know a couple things. That one that Chris Carter says that he doesn't wrap it up conclusively by the end of the season. We also know that Gillian Anderson has said that uh, this is the end of her involvement with X Files. I refuse to believe that. Okay, so yes, I mm-hmm. absolutely refuse to believe that because she said that before, and yet she comes back. Um, and you know, David said the same thing, and he comes back. And I'm not saying that we're going to get another one next year or in two years, but I don't think that she will ever be done playing Scully. I think that she loves Scully um, no matter what she says. It's not like, you know, having Scully on the resume has hurt her career. I mean, she's gone on to do so many other beautiful, wonderful shows and plays and all of that. Um, So I refuse to believe that she is 100% done. Well, yeah, because like you say, this is a character she admittingly loves. And that really is the thing, is that obviously she has an affection for it. And I feel like, you know, she may be done for now, but you throw enough dollar bills at anybody and give them enough time that they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't even think it's a money thing. I think that it's, you know, let her go out and do all of her other shows and movies and whatnot. And, you know, maybe in a few years, Chris Carter has, you know, comes to her with a script or something and says... I think this is a good new place to send Mulder and Scully. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess it's similar to like a football player. It's like the worst time to ask about what their future is is right after they finish the football season. They're they're broken down. They're bruised. They're sore. They're exhausted. Of course, they're like, I don't know. I, this could be it. I might be done. Yeah. But you give them the chance to get the offseason to kind of relax, recoup. They get re-energized and go. So uh, maybe Jillian just needs like a little bit of an off season for however long that might be, exactly. and get her uh, recharged to do the sh- uh, the show. Exactly. All right. What do you think, though? Uh, either of you, do you think that Jillian uh, Anderson and David Duchovny do they care about those mythology episodes? Do you feel like they love Chris Carter? So of course, and they you know, they love everything about uh, the whole experience of doing the X Files with it. But honestly, do you feel like they oh, we got to do this stupid mythology stuff? Mm-hmm. Give us a Darren Morgan script. Yeah. I I definitely don't think they're their favorites. <laughs> yeah. um, and, you know, if only because in, like, a Morgan script you get to laugh and yeah. you get to do silly things. And to me, like, that's the whole fun of it. So, um, I... I don't know. I mean, I'm not in their brains. I don't know what they think. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, I don't know about David, but with Jillian, like, with, with a lot of Chris's episodes, it tends to be abuse on Scully. So I'm like, I can maybe see her not enjoying some of these. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and for, uh, as I mentioned before we started writing, there was, uh, or recording, there was uh, Alan Seppelwall from HitFix had wrote in his uh, review of the show that he felt like this episode was probably the best of either season 10 or season 11. And Aaron, you kind of compared this as a little bit better than uh, the Darren Morgan episode from this season. Where do you think it stacks up in terms of both seasons? Um, I think it's, I think I would put it on even keel with, um, with Lost Art of Forehead Sweat and Scully and Mulder meet the Were Monster. Um, I love that 
I love Reese Darby in the Wear Monster episode. Yeah. And I love the I love Degu. I love that she got another dog. Although where the hell is that dog? Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. I can't <laughs> that has been driving me crazy. I wanna know where the dog is. Um but I mean I think that that was definitely the only competition for this one as far as like best episode of the new of the revival. How about you, Lucretia? I would definitely put the Lost Art of Forehead Sweat and the Wear Monster as my favorites. As I say, I liked this one, but it wasn't really my favorite. Um, just because, I mean, I am more into the funny or the scary. So, yeah. For me, I don't know. I think I'd probably put Curse of the Wear Monster or Scully, Scully and Mulder meet the Wear Monster at, at the top because I feel like it's. It, especially uh, for season 10, it was such a hopeful note. Like, that could be the last episode you ever saw of X-Files. And it lands on such a, a hopeful note for, <laughs> for Mulder, specifically, uh, that I, I have such a soft spot for that. And The Lost Out of Forward Sweat is, is good, but it's also, like, a treatise on, like, is the show relevant still today? Well, and what I love about Mulder and Scully Meet the Wear Monster is Camille Nanjiani gets to be a big part of it, and it was because of his love of X Files and part of the reason that they had brought this back. So I like that they, you know, acknowledge that by yeah. giving him that role, and, and that was special. Yeah. Do you, as we mentioned, Lost on Our Forehead Sweat, in terms of like, there, is the show still relevant today? Or are we just kind of replaying the hits, or do we still have something new to say now? What do you think, Lisa? Does the show still have something to say? I think that the problem is, is that the world has gone crazier. Um, I think that back in the 90s when the show first started, you know, Roswell was this huge conspiracy thing and it was crazy and anyone who believed it was crazy or maybe not or who knows. Um, But I feel like and I think that that's what Forehead Sweat did really well was that it kind of said, you know, the world has gotten crazier. And I don't know if it's necessarily that X-Files is is. Um, keeping up with that, I think it's just that, in a way, it's it's shown just how ridiculous our world has gotten. Especially, you know, forehead sweat got very political in there, and it was interesting seeing all of the um, people on the twitters mm-hmm. who were um, saying that they lost a they lost an X Files fan because it was negative about their chosen political affiliation. And I'm like, it's just what he said. Okay, anyway. yeah. yeah, well, and too, it's like, that's what X-Files has always done. It's always been a little bit political because of the subject matter. Yeah. And, and as I'll say, I agree with that 100% that people have gotten crazier. Because I will say, my dad, who let me watch the X-Files from day one when I was way too young, <laughs> I always knew that my dad was a crazy person and he was the mi- the minority. But, like, now there's more people like my dad, I mean, even in office. <laughs> so that's what's scary. It's just, like, the guy who thought Cowboys and Aliens was based on a true story, it, more people are like that in this world. <laughs> and that's why I like that X-Files called that out, because it's like, yeah, that, you know, my dad was kind of like a Mulder, always believing stuff. I mean, he thinks he was probed during the Kennedy assassination. <laughs> I mean, but now we have more people believing that, and I'm just like... Man, what does this world come to? So hold on a second. Your your dad <laughs> yeah. believed that he was probed by aliens. 
During the Kennedy assassination. Not by aliens, but by the government. And, and in his defense, my grandpa was a journalist in Dallas at the time and had his own... He was not there that day, but he had his partner had his own version of the assassination, his own angle. So, like, there's a little bit of possibility if this is all a conspiracy, but why would a little thing be following a little boy around? Because at the time of the Kennedy assassination, my dad had to have been five or six... Yeah. Yeah. So, it was around his sixth birthday. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, was there any, does he, did he have, was it just a speculation on his part that he was able to at least pull out some kind of facts that it kind of at least supported his claim? My facts and my dad. <laughs> nope. That's just okay. so funny. All right. Good deal. <laughs> I was like, nope. All right. I just did so He's like, I okay. swear I saw a little thing flying around my head on the porch and it's like, Okay. Yeah, I, I, I do like that. Yeah, too. but I mean, Scully yeah. even references, you know, in Forehead Sweat when she says to Mulder that the something about like the world has out conspiracyed him or something like that. Yeah. yeah, and that is the thing is Mulder seems less crazy now because everyone else is a whack job. Because I remember when I first moved here, I was like, I always thought I was insane, but apparently I'm just like, you know, too normal for a lot of these people. <laughs> <laughs> Because I guess it's interesting that people say, like, when you're in your 20s and your 30s, it's easier for you to get more fired up about things that uh, uh, that you're that you're passionate about. Because you, uh, you still have that just that energy, that enthusiasm. And then as you've, just through age and experience, it's hard to maintain that same level of passion for something. So in terms of like, uh, with Mulder, I could see him just, like, I guess now that he's older, that he still cares, but I don't know if he's going to get pushed to the points except for I'm Frox freaking Mulder. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that one. That, that moment. <laughs> that's the one that gets great. I'm yes. like, I could just see him sitting in his underwear on the front lawn <laughs> with a rake in his hand. Yeah. Frog, Fox freaking Mulder. <laughs> I was like, can we have that episode? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it is, to your uh, point, at least, uh, as you mentioned about political figures, it still is weird to watch episode of the X-Files now and just see pictures of Trump showing in there because I mean, as, as our president but it's like it's just so weird it still baffles me that that's a real thing because I mean I grew up you know in idiocracy I'm like but I knew that that was really going to happen because Mike Judge is a prophet guys I mean yeah. but I just didn't think it would be this soon yeah, if you mm-hmm. took this episode or any of those yeah. episodes that showed that footage and sent it back in time even just like you know five years people would be laughing they're like oh this is so ridiculous to have it be the case now, you're like, oh, God, it is for real. It is for this real. This is our life, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I like the uh, dig this week uh, when Mulder was calling Bigly credit. Yes. Yeah. Caught that. <laughs> and uh, at the end, is he, he's looking at an email from Harry Reid. Yes, mm-hmm. I saw that. I actually wrote it down. It was like something that I was going to look it up and stuff, but it was like New York Times has... Something. I mean, I could look it up, but um, and I'm like, is this going to be coming up in another episode, or like, what do we do with this? Hmm. Uh, yeah. And also, what was the thing that uh, my uh, Fox was playing at the beginning? Some kind of game where you check the boxes of the guys that are wearing oh, mustaches. It, it yeah. wasn't a game. It's one of those captures. Oh, captures. Okay. So I'm not a robot. Here we yeah. go. I'm gonna pop all those ones. All those. I wish I because I, I, I always get the street signs. I'd love to have ones that have all like you know all the guys that have mustaches. Give me that one. Yeah, that's more fun. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Oh, come on, caption. Give, <laughs> give me some cool stuff. Uh, so, uh, do we have any predictions for uh, what you think by the end of the season? Where are we going to stand? And now you're after Buzz TV predictions. <laughs> 
I'm going to say the biggest thing is William. So yeah. what do you guys think about, uh, ladies think, in terms of William? Well, William's coming back, or at least he is uh, the focus of the of my struggle for. So he'll be back. Um, I personally think that they're going to knock up Scully again. What? Ooh. I As soon as I watched Plus One, where they're in bed and they're having all of this weird, deep conversations about, you know, anyways... I was like, they're going to knock her up again. This is what they're doing. They're, it's going to be a real miracle baby, a real Mulder baby, whether, you know. Interesting. I would like to see that because there's a part of me that kind of is worried that William won't be the child, the, the perfect shipper child we all wanted, that he might be evil or something. Well, he's, yeah. he's yeah. already a, apparently CSM's baby. Yeah, he's apparently a rape baby, as I put it. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know how true that is, but it's yeah. funny because um, I was working on another article and I fell down a an internet K-hole of old <laughs> of old X-Files like postings and stuff to like the old use groups, use Usenet groups. Um, and somebody after I think the episode was called LME or something, the one yeah. where where CSM kidnaps Scully and this poster posted like this huge long thing explaining why she thinks that CSM is the father and then it's so funny because you come back 15 years later and people are like 17 years later I guess and people are like well shit you were right oh wow man she's got the one of those long I told you shows coming like ah, yeah. I had yeah. this I mean look yeah I think that shippers have always been blinded to the fact that it has to be Mulder's yeah, mm-hmm. although every time that it's I've seen he's been mentioned or at least prevalent in this episode, I feel that anguish from Scully. But hey, Mulder is just there. I don't really feel that same level from him. And I mean, certainly it's you know, carrying a child, giving the birth, that anguish of giving it away. But I so I can understand Scully's, but I just never feel the same thing from Mulder. A lot of people have said that. Now I don't have children, so I don't know if I'm talking on my ass here or not. But um, Mulder also only spent like a day with the child you know like he was gone so scully besides the fact that you know scully carried the baby um Mulder wasn't there for the pregnancy so he didn't have any time to bond with it you know i don't necessarily believe that it has to be like an instant like automatic uh bonding so i think that that's what that is yeah, and it does make sense that Mulder not have as much of a connection because, yeah, as you say, he saw him for one day. Yeah. And, like, there is, you know, he wants to have this bond because he cares about Scully. Mm-hmm. and But, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to manufacture something that just isn't there. I mean, and, you know, hopefully that's why we get another one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, just replace it. It's true. Well, I yeah. mean, we see them at the end of the episode. Yeah. They, they hold hands in the diner. Oh, my God. Reestablish that human connection. Oh, look at Elise is already yeah. excited about it. Yes. That was like, yeah, that was everything. I, It's funny because I didn't realize that I was a shipper until season 10 began. <laughs> People are like, are you crazy? And it's like, no, I mean, I was young when the show, and I realized it had always been there. I just didn't identify it as like the romantic relationshipy part of it. I just thought that, you know, they were like the perfect dynamic duo kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, so that, that handhold, I was just like, oh. <laughs> it's uh, like this is like I, I am cool just like with this level I mean I don't need to see like you know more in depth 
But uh, so this this with the portrayal I like, as opposed to season ten at the beginning, where they're a little bit more estranged, and okay. it's like hundred percent right. yeah. estranged. I, I don't I don't want to see that. I just like this is level. I don't need to see them, you know, at home making dinners together and relaxing. yeah, exactly. And I think that that is out of character for them because they're not going to be you know some kind of uh, nuclear family kind of thing, um, and. I don't want to see them, like, getting married or something. That, to me, feels weird. Like, the hand-holding and just maybe, like, them, you know, something that alludes to them living together. That's all I need. That's really it, because that's the whole point. Um, I wrote yet another article about um, why they're the perfect sci-fi couple, and it's because their relationship always, always, always comes second or third or fourth to the job and the monsters. Yeah, and that's why I like them, and I feel like it, they're even a better couple sometimes than shows like Castle or Bones, which take a little bit funnier take, but then they, because of that, they have to get married, they have to have babies, there has to be all that stuff because it's a lighter show. But with X-Files, it's like, no, we just need to just know that they're together <laughs> in a way and let them just keep doing what they're doing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm fine, even if they decided to get married. But they still live separately. That was it. They still live separately. That's all right. We we love each other. We just can't stay with each other twenty four seven. We need a little little space and distance. Yeah. Uh, what a great note then this episode. Yeah. Space and distance in your relationships, folks. Yes, live in separate residence. Yeah, that's me. Uh, you're a guy to come to. Yep. Uh, there's no ring on this finger. So trust trust what I have to say. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for this episode of the X Files After Show. Elise, thank you so much. Thank you for, for joining us me. again. Yes, absolutely. And one more time, where can everybody find you on social media? I'm at Elise Wax on the Twitter, A L Y S E W A X, and that's really the only social I go to. And I'm on SciFiWire.com. So make sure you go to there because, as she said, she has a postmortem with uh, this episode and interviewing the writers for this yeah. as well. Uh, and as always, folks, thanks for uh, watching the show. You can like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Give it a thumbs up while you're there. And thanks, everybody, for hopping in the chat. If you want to stay in touch with us after the show's over, Lucretia, where can they find you? You guys can always find me at L-A-C-R-E-T-I-A-L-Y-O-N anywhere on the Internet since there is only one. And while you're there subscribing to Conversations with Maria Menounos, feel free to subscribe to my podcast as well, Mrs. Brightside. New episodes every Tuesday, and you'll recognize some of these fellow voices from AfterBuzz. But you won't recognize mine yet, because I have nothing to be bright-sided about. It's, t- you know, tweet him what he should do a Mrs. Bright-side about. That's what we say. He needs a little bit of help. That's true. I'm dead inside. Oh. <laughs> uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, thanks for joining us. We'll see you back here next Thursday night with another episode of the X-Files After Show right here on AfterBuzz TV. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. I'm Fox freaking Mulder. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 